Hey, have you ever wanted to create your own podcast and share your own light bulb moments with the world? If so, now is the perfect time to do so because audio is the future of the internet and Anchor is a perfect place to do it. So Anchor is a podcasting platform you can find at anchor.fm and it's what we use to create the Lightbulb Moment podcast. So Anchor is amazing because first of all, it's completely free to use. Yep, completely free. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. So I've used Anchor to record with other guests on a mobile app, and you can also edit on your computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you across so many platforms. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all the other major podcast streaming sites. So you don't have to set up individual accounts and try to distribute to all of those places. And you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum subscribers needed. And it's basically everything you need to record, edit, and publish your podcast in one place all for free. So I highly encourage you to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Good luck. Hi there. Welcome to IDA, where we address how you can ideate, decide, act on the business topics we talk about in each episode and apply them to your own startup. My name is Varika Pinham, and I'm one of the founders of IDA. At IDA, we connect female founders to investors, one-on-one mentoring, and resources to help grow their business. And in today's episode, we have XJ, who's the founder of VenturePool. So XJ is a management major and has worked as a consultant in the past, and she's an expert in business and data analytics and research, front-end programming, and even writes poetry. And VenturePole is an awesome company based out of Europe, and it's a venture investment platform and venture capital firm whose mission is to make venture capital better, faster, and more equitable for female and founders of color. So actually, we're super happy to have you on the podcast today, and I'd like to hear more from you in your own words about your background and why you started VenturePool. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, uh, we met, uh, I, I think it's, it's, it's noteworthy to mention how you and I met. Yeah, um, it is, actually. <laughs> so we were both the final, both of our companies were the finalists um, of the AI for Good X Prize AI for Good uh, competition, and that's how we met. Um, and so, Ida and VenturePole share the same mission of uh, closing the diversity gap in venture capital, which is really um, it's a big mission. Um, and I'm happy to speak with a fellow founder, female founder, um, and, and female uh, female founder of color. Um, who share the same passion. So a little background on me. I was born in Taiwan, and I grew up in Michigan. I went to school outside of Chicago. I was a management consultant in Hong Kong, China, and Taiwan, as well as in Zurich, Switzerland. Um, Zurich is also where I did my PhD and started VenturePole. So this is where we're headquartered. Awesome. And that's quite the background that you have. So what kind of got you from consulting into the world of venture capital? Like what kind of consulting were you doing? Yeah, so I I do corporate management consulting. Um, And the reason I started VenturePool was because in early 2016, I started doing my own venture investment. So I was investing in 
um, specifically blockchain um, projects and companies. And then I immediately found that screening and due diligence is super cumbersome. And I'd say like 90% of it is manual. Um, and, and so I thought, okay, well, th this, this can't be, this can't be right. Let me, I, I bet I can build something better. Uh, so Adventure Pool is, was born out of um, trying to relieve my own pain as, as, as an angel investor. Okay, that's awesome. And you're absolutely right, because I think we were just talking earlier that I've, you know, recently gotten a chance to peek behind the scenes a little bit of a couple of venture firms that are really awesome, but a lot of the work is manual. And so it's really nice that you identified this problem, but it is also a really hard industry to break into. And I know that you told me about all the work that you had to do in the front end just to get this up and running. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Like, how were you able to, you know, start this and get all the data that you needed? <laughs> Yeah, so at VenturePole, we, we're a, a fintech company. Technology is our, our, our core, is at our heart. And the technology we use um, is machine learning and AI. Um, so for our investment risk rating, which is a machine learning algorithm, we procured three international uh, databases, business databases. And... Uh, merged all three, uh, which 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 was in itself a feat. It took us uh, months um, to clean the data and, pr and process the data um, for it to be ready to be trained um, by the um, to train the algorithm. And we had three engineers working on it um, for several months. And so that's our investment risk rating. And this January. Uh, we just launched a valuation calculator and a company strength and weakness analysis. Um, and so all of our tools uh, is aimed to help startups get investment ready um, and to help accelerators and investors select quality startups. Um, and so, so these are the the products we have now. Um, and we're we're an investment platform. So, um, startups, especially from our partner accelerators, international ones, um, they uh, use our platform to get access to more investors, but also um, use our automated uh, tools to get investment ready. Yeah, and, and then we have the and then we have international accelerators as well as institutional and angel investors um, from Europe and Asia. Uh, a couple from the states. They also come to find quality deal flow, um, and they also make um, faster and better investment decisions. Um, benefiting from our due diligence tools. Yeah, awesome. And I've taken a look at them. So listeners, like, it's very cool. So we'll put the link to XJ's company, VenturePool, definitely in the show notes. So take a look. And, you know, that brings me to my next question, which is one of the questions we get a lot at IDA is, 
for people that are B2B, how do you, you know, form partnerships with companies that are a lot bigger than you already established in those things? And I know that you've done that with VenturePool, right? So while you have startups joining, you also have a partnership with an accelerator. So how were you able to do that? And what kind of tips do you have for B2B businesses in your boat? So in our case, um, we, the partners, the accelerator partners we have, we were in their accelerator program. (laughs) And so, and we were in, we have been in four accelerator programs so far. Uh, One, a Swiss one, American-based one. Well, this is public information, so I can I can say it. But but we were in the Mozilla Accelerator. Um, we were also we are also pre-selected for the Startup Bootcamp in China program. Um, and Startup Bootcamp is the largest um, startup accelerator in uh, Europe. Um, and then we were also in the Investment Accelerator of the European uh, Union Commission, the EU Commission. Um, which is called Investment Horizon. And then we were um, in the FinTech Accelerator of the Swiss Stock Exchange. So we were in four um, accelerator programs. And besides the first one where where we were, you know, really early and we were really focused on market research, identifying the the pain um, and the solution, the problem solution, and the building, I was building my team. So, um, besides the first one, which is which is the Swiss one, um, F10, we we weren't able to uh, really showcase uh, a product. But in the later one, in the in, in, in the later ones that we were in, um, we were able to show the accelerator. This is what our platform does. Um, please let, try it out, and, yeah. and so that worked. Awesome. And I actually didn't know that you were in four. I knew that you'd been in a couple, but that's amazing that you were in four accelerators. Yeah, a lot of work there. So you mentioned team, and I know that your team has been really hard at work. In fact, earlier in the podcast, you even said that you guys have been working on these new features. And I want to know more about how did you find a team that is so passionate about what you're doing, right? So like, especially when you're recruiting and hiring someone who's going to be there with you along these steps and the ups and downs of running a startup. Do you have any tips on hiring and recruiting? Yes, um, I, I I wouldn't I don't dare to say um, I have tips, but I I can share my lessons. So in early 2018 or in mid 2018, when I you know when I um, decided that VenturePool was was a was um, a venture, and um, now I need co-founders. Um, I rec- my first uh, co-founding team um, were three women, myself included, and um, so I recruited two kick-ass women. One of them was uh, a, a risk analyst at an international consulting firm, um, one of the biggest ones. And the other was an engineer at Apple. And um, you would think that this is the the A team. Um, and that's what I thought. Um, but then um, the analyst 
had to, the analyst, she had to drop out because um, her dad uh, had cancer and she couldn't quit her full-time consulting job. Um, and so she couldn't be really a co-founder. And it for 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 everyone who's listening, if if you are, um, it's totally fine for you to found a business uh, part time in the beginning, but at some point you're going to have to um, transition it to a full time. You you're going to have to put all of your skin in the game and just jump. Um, and so the animals couldn't do it because her, she had to pay her dad's cancer bills, medical bills. And then for the Apple engineer, she, she just, um, after four months, she f- decided that she couldn't deal with the uncertainty of, uh, entrepreneurship, um, which is understandable, um, because, you know, at, um, you know, we, we, because when, when, when you're doing, for example, financial projections, when you're doing, um, when you're doing customer interviews, um, at such early stage, the, the trait, the, the trademark of entrepreneurship is uncertainty. Um, there is no, there is no, I mean, well, I I invested my whole life savings in VenturePulse, so I did not leave Plan B. I didn't um, like my parachute was was a very very small one. Um, I just decided that um, it was time uh, to go all in, so I did. Um, but this this will not be the case for everybody. And um, there was a, you know, and that was that, I would say was one of the darkest moments of my journey, my entrepreneurship journey. Um, it was really hard because then I was um, this solopreneur um, who lost uh, her co-founders, yeah. and um, but. Um, it it happens. It's very rare that um, a company evolves with the same co-founders, with the same co-founders, with the same team. It's rare. It's just rare. Um, and I think what's important for uh, the main founder is strength. It, it, you know, because they're entrepreneurship is everything but uh, rainbows and lollipops and <laughs> there were and there were you know I there were so many nights there were so many nights I I, I couldn't sleep um had meltdowns but then I couldn't really have a, a whole meltdown because I <laughs> meltdown because I had to get up and, and get back to work the next day yeah um but ser- there's there's going to be serious self-doubt there's going to be serious self-doubt. There's going to be serious um, considerations of giving up. Yeah. And, but I, um, I, I, to- I totally, it, it was like the, it, it the entrepreneur, make no mistake. 
I'm this this company is the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life. Mm-hmm. It's the most difficult, it's the most uh, painful, but also the most rewarding in, in, in how much I've learned and in, in, in how much um, grit and um, wisdom, if I, if I may, um, that, I, that I dug up, uh, dug up in, in myself. I, I don't, they, they've probably been there all this time, but you know, this potential really got squeezed out. Yeah. And so, um, and then, uh, and it's not a straight, it's not, it wasn't a straightforward path that uh, the team is how it is today. People came and left. some voluntarily, some involuntarily. And these are all difficult decisions and situations a founder has to take care of. You just have to deal with it. Yeah. Um, and hopefully you deal with, with it. You deal with all of these situations with wisdom. And um, you're definitely going to need um, a high EQ. I don't think I, I could have done this um, in my 20s because I just didn't have the emotional maturity that mm-hmm. I have now. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. First of all, I know that's not easy to share. And so I want to thank you, first of all, for being vulnerable on the show about your experience. And you're absolutely right that an- entrepreneurship is not this like lollipop rainbow thing that people think it is. In fact, one of my friends, he said this a couple years ago, and he was actually a mentor on Ida as well. He said, this is not something I would wish on my worst enemy. And he was like, he's doing really well. So it's not even like, oh, it's because you're not going to be successful. It's just between the success, there's so much doubt and uncertainty that most people can't handle that. So definitely uh, true. And thank you for sharing. And about the meltdowns too, like, you can't like, yeah, they're sleepless nights, but you can't let yourself like succumb to them all the time. In fact, a few days ago, I was feeling really down about it, but I was like, okay, I'm not going to give into a meltdown. So I think I gave myself like two hours to feel sad about it. So like eight to 10 PM or something it was, and I'm like, okay, we have to move on and, you know, chin up and all of that. So yeah, thank you for sharing. And you've come so far since then. So if you had to like tell, you know, this earlier version of you or this like early entrepreneur version of you, some lesson that you've learned, what would that be? Um, something that would have helped you get through those times now that you're here? Yeah. So audacity and strong will is, is, is a must. I mean, it's non-negotiable like what you, ju- what, what you just said. Um, you know, you on the cusp of breaking down, but, but being able to, to limit, to control, to limit yourselves only two hours. That's something remarkable. And I tell you, it's superhuman. It's, 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 it's not, it's not um, a common trait. And I think that's, that's really important. Um, I hesitate to say support because I know a lot, many times, we don't get support from mm-hmm. um, our family or, 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 or closest friends because 
um, especially if if you have a great career.、Um, people are not going to understand why are you giving up、um, your consultant job for、uh, just to lose all of your money、um, and do this thing. Yeah,、um, people are not going to be. People are not going to understand even if you explain and. The thing is, in the beginning, you're probably not going to be able to explain it really well, because you're also figuring it out.、Mm-hmm. So, so I think I think audacity and strong will really trumps internal incentives. Really trumps external incentives. So, you're not going to be able to do it to impress anybody because、mm-hmm. because that motivation is it like. The, Like, believe me, in 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 ten days, you're gonna give up if you're doing it for for somebody else. It's just you're gonna be like, I can't take this anymore.、Um, and so I think、um, this is the same case for for both Erica and, and, and me is that and myself is that we have、um, a strong mission.、Um, and and for me, it's it comes from personal experience in in my、mm-hmm. fundraising.、Um, Journey that I experienced、uh, that I experienced、uh, bias from investors. So, so in one of the accelerator programs I was in,、um, there were ten startups, and I was the only female founder.、Wow. And I and this is usually this is not uncommon,、um, but uh, I it, it quickly. I mean, it was apparent. It was apparent that I was there for a reason. It was because our、um, the problem, our market fit, our problem solution,、um, and、uh, me as a founder、mm-hmm. were just as good as all of the other nine startups. That's why we were in the program.、Yeah. But、um, at the end of the program,、uh, I. Yeah, we were the only startup that weren't able to raise, that weren't able to secure any funding. And in my opinion, we made bigger pro. Well, I might be biased, but we made bigger progress, and、um, we worked harder.、Um, and but but everybody else was、uh, funded, but us. And、um, and when we know that this is my case, my experience is not.、Uh, well, I'm not alone in this、mm-hmm. experience, because we know that only less than two, less than three percent of all VC of all venture capital money goes to female founders,、mm-hmm. um, which which is absurdly. Uh, appallingly disproportionate,、um, because if when we look at the profitability of diversity-led, specifically female-led、um, companies, we 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 make more money,、mm-hmm. and that's plain and simple. It's just as 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 simple as that. Female founders, female leaders, business leaders make more money. Um, and 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 we stick around longer, you know. While while、uh, 
because we know the majority of startups, they don't survive the first five years. But when it's female-led, we just make sounder decisions. Um, However, (laughs) investors are not putting their money on us. And um, this is where um, both of our companies are working on to change it. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing that story as well. I didn't know that because I know that you had a successful raise, which we'll talk about in a bit. And also with being like the only female in the room, I think that's something we've all probably experienced at one point, like myself, like being the only woman in the room or being the only woman of color in a room or person of color in a room to begin with, uh, for sure. And like how you said, you were there because everyone deserved to be there. But as female founders, it's like, you have to work extra hard to prove something more. Even though you made more progress than the accelerator, not getting funded is like, you have to work 10 times as hard just to prove the same thing that other people get the benefit of the doubt for. So, which is really, really hard. And I know that you for sure know these studies about, but for the listeners, that female founders get asked different questions when they're pitching. So male founders might be asked like, you know, what's your vision for this company? How are you going to drive this company forward? Like very progressive questions. And female founders get asked the challenging avoidance questions. Like how will you avoid failure? Well, that's hard for anyone to answer, right? But those are the kind of questions that we get asked to prove that we deserve to be at the table. Absolutely. And to um, to echo with that point, that research. Um, so I was, I pitched at this uh, startup competition and uh, for public money and um, again I was the only female founder uh, of the candidates and I certainly was asked different questions Um, so one of the the representative of the biggest uh, local angel uh, club asked me um, asked me to validate, to prove that um, the, the traction <clears throat> I mentioned in my pitch was real. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I remember, you know, I remember um, surprised in, 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 shocked um but i didn't show it and i poker faced um my answer um told him that um yes uh, due diligence is absolutely welcome in any of the the statements we make in in, in the pitch deck um but and and I didn't confront him afterwards. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to him and ask him, well, did you ask any other founder to verify, to validate um, their claims to you? Their, and But I, I know he didn't. Yeah. And um, the reality is, so I'm in, I'm in Western Europe, um, but I think the demographics is, uh, so, so in, in, in Western Europe, the the majority and then when i say majority i'm talking about like 95% or at least 90% um of 
investors or decision makers in venture capital、uh, are middle-aged Caucasian males,、mm-hmm. and we understand that okay, it's human nature that we we trust and build relationships easier with people who look like us because there are people.、Mm-hmm. Um, but this this、um, Subconscious bias、um, really makes venture capital inequitable,、yeah. and it really hinders the progress of all humankind. Yeah, I completely agree, and. When you mention subconscious bias, it reminds me of like when I first looked at your product. I know that you had this feature built in where the investors look at the company finances and the risk rating before the team, right? Yeah. So our idea was that we know it's really difficult to change behavior,、mm-hmm. and so we're we're we we don't tell investors look. We know that the most important factor for An investment decision is the team, right? It's the team, team, team. The team is the most important, especially in early stage、um, investment. And I'm talking early stage means pre Series B, so pre Series to Series A.、Um, the team is the most important for investors,、mm-hmm. um, and we know that from from research.、Um, but and, and so this is how the current、uh, venture investment process goes. Investors meet the team,、uh, the founders. They meet the founders, and then they decide if they want to spend more time actually looking into the company. <laughs> so, and and this is where this is where it really sucks for 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 female founders and founders of color because,、um, the first in, in, in the first screening.、Um, The first screening, which is the most important screening, is based on gut feeling, in intuition, and a gut feeling is basically just another term for for、um, bias and preference. For preference, in this case, would be bias, and so investors. Sometimes, sometimes you send them、um, a pitch deck, and and they op- they spend less than three minutes on it.、Mm-hmm. Um, but most cases, they they will want to see the pictures of the team, so see you, maybe、mm-hmm. talk to you, and then decide if they actually want to listen to what you're doing. And that's that's the current.、Um, Investment venture investment process, and what venture pool is suggesting is that okay,、um, we understand that, but how about、um, look at、um, some of these、um, use use some of the tools we've built, which makes、uh, your life easier as an investor and saves you so much time and, and money, and、um, before you go and talk. And meet the founders,、mm-hmm. um, and I think we're 
lucky um, in timing because uh, COVID has, the pandemic has changed um, the previously mentioned um, process of investors meeting the team always first. And now it's not so easy to meet. Um, Of course, even you have the online meetings, but um, a lot of, a lot of investors are now more open to moving their process uh, to digitalizing their process. And this is where we are really excited to play an important role in. Yeah. Venture capital. And I'm excited for you guys, especially having, you know, like seeing all the awesome things you're doing. And I know we have a couple minutes left, probably before you have to run XJ. So I want to highlight a really awesome fact about you that I alluded to earlier, which is that you've actually raised $600,000 for VenturePoll. So first of all, congratulations. And I and listeners would love to hear more about this raise because we were just talking about how hard it is to raise. So it's not an easy feat at all. No, it was a very long process. Um, it, it took much longer than I had expected. Mm. And um, it was especially difficult because um, at at the time um, I was the only I was um, the only risk taker. I was um, I was the only investor mm-hmm. um, in the venture, and uh, but. Um, my approximate uh, my approximation is that um, I got rejected um, by investors more than sixty times. Okay. Wow. More than more than sixty individual investors, I got re- I got a yeah. a plain no or a inter- either direct or indirect no. Yeah. Um, so it it really take it it really takes um, again. I, I think at the end of the day, uh, of course, project management skills are important because you need to be able to be on top of your potential leads, um, follow up with you know scheduling, preparing. Um, updating updating documents um, mm-hmm. and then you have to follow up etc but at the end of the day i think it, it really is the courage um to get back to it every morning <laughs> i think i think this is the most important because you know one can only take so many no's <laughs> before one gets discouraged yes. but it's, it's normal we it just it's it's all normal so if I, I suppose there are going to be like really lucky people who 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 um who will be able to build a business uh with money from family, um, friends and fools. Um but when you're when you're like me and you build things um when you when you build this thing by yourself mm-hmm. and expect to put in a lot more and a lot more everything yeah that's really a big takeaway it's like key takeaway is just expect to put in a lot more of everything so i love that and 
honestly, kudos to you for having the grit to get back up every day after 60 no's. Like, and it's just a lesson, right? So yeah, like actually raised $600,000, but probably when you're hearing all those no's, you probably had moments of self-doubt where you're like, is that ever going to happen? So for any listeners that are going through something like that, whether it be, you know, getting your first client or fundraising or, you know, whether it's a B2B deal, partnership, anything like that, you're going to hear a lot of no's and you just have to keep going until you get the first yes. Like no matter how many it is, like it could be 60, hundreds, like, you know, just you have to keep going and have faith that it's going to work out. Yeah, so my family's a conventional, traditional um, Taiwanese family, right? And okay. so they just couldn't understand why would I give up uh, my consultant career or at least not stay in academics um, <laughs> and do this. Um, so they were, so I did not get support from my family. Oh. Um, so, so, but that, this was, uh, not really expected either. So, so expect the unexpected. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I'm sorry to hear that you didn't get support. And yeah, it's a very big decision because even the career that you were in is very coveted, right? Consulting is a really hard field to get into. So you're very brave for, you know, deciding to give that up and following your passion and all progress that you've made with Venture Poll is awesome. Even just in the months that I've known you, you've made so much progress. I'm really excited and looking forward to what's next for Venture Poll. And listeners, like I said, I will put it in the show notes. Please go check it out. Like actually I was mentioning earlier, it is for investors and startups. So if you're a business owner, it's a great way for you to get prepared to fundraise and look at your valuation and strength score and all those calculators that actually was mentioning. And I want to say thank you so much, XJ, for coming on the show and sharing your journey and being like really vulnerable and authentic with us. Thank you, Farika. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. And if you all enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe and share with a fellow entrepreneur. Thank you for listening to Ida and you can find us at thinkida.com. Until next time, ideate, decide, and